Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Welcome to this week's episode of Ask My Mom Podcast. Today, Noelle and I are going to continue the conversation we started last week about savings. Today, we're going to talk about manage your money, don't let your money manage you, and we're going to go into debt. No, we're not going to go into debt, but we're going to discuss debt. I'm going into debt. I bought a car this week, everyone. That's just a life update. But I'm really proud of you for the interest rate you got. So I wanted to read you some statistics, Noelle, and get, get your thoughts. Okay. Okay. Shoot. So U.S. consumer debt, so consumer debt meeting Americans, the debt that we as Americans have total, what do you think? Do you think it's in the millions, billions, or trillions? Billions. That's my guess. Billions? Just billions. Okay. So actually, total consumer debt of the United States is $14.1 trillion. Have you seen the video where they take the grains of rice and they explain how much a billion is? No. Okay, well, it's a lot of rice, way more rice than a million pieces of rice. Really? And then they did, I saw the update to it was Bill Gates' net worth, and he's worth, you know, like hundreds of billions, and the pile of rice was like the size of like the carpet in my living room. It's like a eight by 10. So this is trillion. Like mound of rice. So I can't imagine how much 14 trillion is in terms of grains of rice but each grain of rice was accounted for like ten thousand dollars or something so much rice so much money why are we in so much debt sometimes we don't know how to manage our money sometimes we can't put off what we want till tomorrow we have to have it today so impulse shopping it's really hard valid reasons to be in debt i mean if you really house and you're in debt yeah yeah you can't really save two hundred thousand dollars in five years to buy a house with cash so right you know so some debt is good debt some debt is bad debt so a house would be really considered good debt if you're living in it taking care of it paying for it you're building an asset bad debt what do you think bad debt is bad debt is like credit cards um gambling debts are bad debt yeah that's a good one gambling debt that's all i got so as of 2018 the average american carried ninety thousand four hundred and sixty dollars in total debt how much ninety thousand four hundred and sixty dollars that's the average average? that's That's the average so if you think about that your dad and i would be one hundred eighty thousand dollars in debt and technically, oh, this includes your house. Well, ninety thousand is the average American, but that includes like your your home. your house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you have a mortgage. Yes, but you know it didn't break it out that way. But let me tell you that the average credit card debt per household is eight thousand three hundred ninety eight dollars. That's per household. Eight thousand three hundred ninety eight dollars. That's the average. So some people are way higher. Some people are way lower. Okay, you look confused. How is the average in 
average debt per person, 90,000, but per household, only 8,000. Well, that's credit card debt is 8,000. The whole household. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even hear you say credit card. I thought you were just saying more general debt. I was like, this isn't making sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's credit card. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. Um, 55% of Americans with credit cards are in debt, which means that they carry that balance each month and they're not able to pay off their balance each month. So if you ran up your credit card, like some people do, you know, they pay all their bills on their credit card and then they pay it off every month. You're really not considered in debt, but when you cannot pay it off. So 55% when you're paying on it, your monthly payment, you're in debt. So 55% of Americans with credit cards are considered to be in debt. That number is actually lower than I thought it would be. I would assume that more people would be in debt if they have credit cards, but I'm happy for them. So here's, here's, I wish I was though. (laughs) So Americans aged 24 to 25 to 34 carry the most credit card debt with an average of $10,400. So that's your generation ish. I'm below average. Woo. Slightly. The good news, delinquent accounts have decreased by 45.66% since 2009. So to me, that says younger people are doing better than their parents. And managing their money. Yeah. That's, yes. That tracks. Yes. So here's a fun one. What do you think the average student loan payment is? Per month? Yeah. $500. No, it's less than that. 393 is the average. So some people obviously are way higher. Some people are lower, but the average is 393. Um, 10.8% of Americans with student loan debt are more than 90 days delinquent. So 10% of people, almost 11% of people have student loans are in debt or are 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 90 days delinquent. Yeah. So 44.2 million Americans have student loan debt and 2.8 are in forbearance, and then 10% of that 44.2 are delinquent. So a lot of people are not paying their student loans. So forbearance, that doesn't mean you're behind, right? That means they're allowing you to not pay right now. Yeah, you can put them off. But do you but sometimes think- you do that, they increase your interest. Yeah, so forbearance is not always the best option because your interest continues to accrue. So I do want to do a whole episode on student loan debt, but I just wanted to touch one more thing on that is um, also when you have those like uh, income-based payments and things like that, mm-hmm. sometimes your payment is less than the interest that's accruing. So in either mm-hmm. of those cases, that just means your debt is growing. Yes. So we want I remember to- when I graduated last year, so about a couple months ago, I had to start making my payments and I had to choose my plan. And I remember trying to run the numbers on which repayment plan to sign up for. And I noticed that with like a couple of them that I would somehow still be losing money, even if I'm paying on them. Okay. And I wanted to give you just some, um, compare our generations since you are a Z gen and I am a millennial. Let me just find. You're not a millennial. No, I'm not a millennial. I'm an X gen. I'm a cusper. I'm right on the cusp of Gen Z and millennial. Okay. So the average debt for Gen Z average 18 to 23 is $9,593 because some of them aren't in college yet. No, it's not just credit card debt. It's just debt because 18, they're not college, probably don't have a car loan, you know. Okay. So if it it is credit card debt, that's a lot. 
But that's what I was going to say. If you racked up 9,000 in credit card debt, at but this 18, is also the average. So some people have cars people have and things more. and some people don't. Oh, I guess I'm not even thinking about all of that when we're talking about debt. Yeah. You I know, wish they gave right. a median instead of an average, but they average it out. So there is a lot or of, if they room. broke it up, I would want to know like the credit specific. Cause if everybody's in debt because they bought cars, that's not necessarily a bad thing or because they're in school or whatever or bought yeah. a house. I don't know. But if it's just all credit card debt, that's an interesting. So millennials, are you ready for this one? Millennials yeah. age 24 to 39. And these are all stats from 2020 so far. This is a, oh, wow. a, a current article. <laughs> okay. So millennials age 24 to 39, $78,396. Sounds like we got some home buyers in there. I don't know. Student loans. Student loans. <laughs> Student loan buyers. Yeah. I think student loans is a big, big But the problem. average American is 90000 Yes. The average- The millennials are doing better than you. Average um, household. No, average American was 90. Well, let me tell you what my generation is. Okay. Okay. So generation X, the cool okay. generation, okay. 40, to 30, 40 to 55. You're of, you're, of, you're, of course, 40 exactly. Well, actually, I would still be considered a millennial because I'm 27. This year, I will be celebrating my 23rd annual 27th birthday. Woo. <laughs> but I'm there still going to claim Generation Numbers, X. Numbers, <laughs> math jokes. <laughs> anyway, Generation X. We are at 135,841 for the average American. Yikes. So we are, we are the highest numbers. But Why we, is that? Do you have nicer houses? I don't know that we have nicer houses. I feel, so my personal view on this is I feel that we fell more into the credit card trap than your generation yeah, is. Yeah, we're a little more savvy to what what's going on here. Yeah, because I feel like we were the first generation to really have like ATM cards, debit cards. Yeah. Um, credit cards. I think we talked about it in in another episode where I talked about my grandma and her how they used to charge things. Yeah, so, at the JCPenney. Yeah, so I won't get into that story again. But I think we we were raised to use credit because it was it was new, kind of like it was mm -hmm. it was more easily accessible. Yeah, it's, it and was then, the thing like they do now with the oh you don't get paid till Friday. Well, you want this, so that we'll cut we'll pay you in the middle. And it's like it was easier to use credit because yeah, you didn't was, have to balance it all out all the time you could just pay it back when you got paid yeah so like my parents generation was the first generation to really start using those credit cards and then that fell to us and now we went oh no this is not so great and then we try to teach our children better and then also we have houses and i don't know that our houses are nicer but we are at our peak earning right now 40 to 55 is your peak earning like your 50s are, are your peak earners so the more you earn you can have more debt, right? Ish. I mean, if you justify it. Is that true? It. You make the most money in your 50s? Yeah. So you're mm. going to do great. I don't know if I'm making it that long. <laughs> you will. So your baby boomers are 56 to 74. They have, they still have 96,984 in debt. But that's the biggest generation. Yeah. Like millennials and baby boomers are two giant generations and us Gen Xers are kind of smooshed in the middle. That's why millennials have such a hard time finding jobs is because there's still so many baby boomers, age 56, in the job market. Working. So that's the struggle. 
but so they still have debt and they're paying off houses. And then the silent generation that's 75 and up, they're at 40,000. Why do they call them the silent generation? Because they, um, so was it last year I went to a convention and they did have somebody in there talking about the gen- different generations and how we look at things and like our attention span and all this. It was pretty cool. Anyway, so they were the ones who just like, they worked in factories. Mm-hmm. There weren't computers. We didn't have all this technology. So they just went to work. They did what they needed to do and they went home. They did what they were told. They did their jobs. They went home. They didn't complain. They were our World War II vets. You know, they just did what they were supposed to do. And then you have you Gen, Gen Z folks questioning everything. Millennials too. Gen Z are barely entering the job market. Yeah, millennials. But they talked about like the – I know this is completely I think topic. about that a lot. No, I think about that a lot actually that sometimes I wish – well, I don't wish that I lived then. I like when I live now. But it, I think that it must have been so much easier before social media and the internet and seeing so much of the outside world to just get your job and live your life and come home and like have bury, your family to live to live in a smaller community in that way. Yeah. Even now, if you're in a small community, you're connected to the entire world. The idea of getting up and doing the same job every day for the rest of your life seems so crazy now because that just doesn't seem like what. There's just so much there. So and I think you, probably 50 years ago, you wouldn't know, necessarily know that. So do you think that having access to the whole world like we do causes us to have more debt? I don't know if it's having access to the world causes more debt, but I think in the aspect of like social media, it causes more debt because I think there's a lot more of a need. I mean, even like fast fashion, like as an entire industry – kind of came up off the idea of regular people at home, regular, you know, young kids at home get to see what celebrities are wearing. You obviously can't afford Balenciaga, so you're getting like the the Fashion Nova version. We spend a lot of money trying to stay more in touch with the trends, I think probably, because we see, we have a constant new coming at us. Yeah. So I think in that aspect, it probably can, I mean, actually, I know it contributes to debt. I put stuff on my credit card because I wanted to get clothes or shoes or something that you saw a celebrity wear not necessarily a celebrity but like that's that's what everyone's wearing now that's what's all over instagram so like i gotta go get you know what's what's going on because then now you go out and you feel weird if you're not where everybody else is and then but really we're all just in debt (laughs) right so you got to keep up with the joneses as we used to say in the old days right we're keeping up with the kardashians (laughs) you know how i feel like i i won't um sit here and you won't fight me say negative things but i do feel like well the housewives so like i remember when the first season the housewives came on i remember i've been i've a housewife lifer i remember and you know they were all in the big earrings and the shirts that were empire waist with the cleavage and And they had the bedazzled jewels in the middle this is oc and i I had you bought those those blouses but this was all new because, you know, Facebook was around, but it wasn't like it is now. There was no Snapchat. There was no Instagram. We were just moving off of MySpace. Well, and I think <laughs> Facebook also was, I mean, MySpace is a kind of like for my generation, more of like getting into that. But even still, like on Facebook, like you were friends with like, I know you were friends with people like you were friends with in high school. And so it was nice for you to like, ca- like see what everybody's up to. But it wasn't about like showing out the way it is now. So social media wasn't really there showing us things. So we had, but we had the housewives and how these oh rich ladies lived. Inside remember? the gates of Coto de Casa. 
Yeah. 20 years ago, I never would have thought about buying Kate Spade. I wouldn't even have known who Kate Spade was other than watching the E! Network and seeing somebody say they're, you know, so yeah. why do well, I need I mean, $150 purse when I can go to Target? But what do I carry every day? Kate Spade. Oh, the Kate Spade you carry now, you got you. I was going to say, who got that for you? <laughs> I'll, I, well, I stole it from Jenna and I had to buy her the smaller version. <laughs> you know, I, we just... I got them everyone out. Big time clearance though. And I bought them on the base. So it was super cheap. So I, cause I would never spend the tag price of that purse, but I got it for like a third of the we, price. We won't even talk about my bags then. Anyway. So I think your generation though is smarter about trying to get out of debt faster than my generation. Oh yeah. I think that everyone I know who's in debt, which again, me and my friends talk pretty openly with each other about these things is very much in like trying to get everything paid off like ASAP. No one wants to have debt for five years. Right. And my, we didn't have, I mean, we had student loans, but not like, not like we all do now. do now. Right. So it, it's completely different world. And so I appreciate that the younger millennials, well, millennials in general, I guess, you know, and your generation is more focused on not being in debt and paying it off. They see that it's something that you're going to carry through your whole entire life if you don't take care of it. But maybe it's because you saw your parents struggle with it. I think that's a lot of it. If you guys have the most debt, because I know we talked about it a little bit last week that seeing your relationship with money really affected the way that up until you and dad kind of got under control. I mean, definitely affected the way that I'm like, debt is horrible. Cannot be in debt. Debt is not the answer. Do not use your credit cards. Yes. But it's not as much from you telling me as me just watching you guys freak out. Freak out. Yeah. So you know you don't want to be in debt, but how much debt do you think is too much? Back to the first question after we discussed all these numbers. As a number or a percentage of my income? How do you think of it? I think that obviously if you make, if you're clearing six figures in a year, you probably have more debt because you probably have a more expensive home and a more expensive car. I don't, maybe the credit card debt, I don't really know. But no, you have a higher credit limit too. You probably have higher debt if you make more money because you can get approved for more loans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say too much debt. I mean, any debt, right? (laughs) Any. I like that that thought. But also, so do you feel that twenty percent of your income in credit card debt is too much? When you start getting into your car and your house, then it's kind of a different breakdown. I think your total debt should be if you're including if you own your home and you're including your mortgage and you are paying on your car every month and you have credit card debt, I feel like 50 to 60% is the right amount of your income. Possibly 70 because I don't know homes are expensive, I don't know. What are you including in that debt thought? In that your, that you're coming up with. Your mortgage? Okay. Your car payment? Okay. And your credit cards. And I don't know, maybe like if you have a hospital bill or other debts, et cetera. So debt is any money you owe anyone, right? Not any your living expenses, anyone. not your electric bill, not your grocery. No, but your mortgage. But your mortgage would be a debt. Okay. And then we have secure and unsecured debt. And that's that good what debt, that? bad debt. So our secure Oh, okay. Debt. Yeah, so our secured debt is something that there's collateral behind it, like your house, your car. Unsecured debt are your credit cards. So Mm -hmm. unsecured debt means the person who loans you the money 
There's no security in it for them. There's nothing for them to take from you. So that's why your interest rates are higher. Oh, I didn't, I just assumed that that was just kind of how it was. I didn't know that that was like, there was a reason. Yeah. So your house, they can come take it back from you. So your interest rates lower or your car. And you got a great interest rate on your car last week. I'm still very proud of you. Thank you. So it's about to get even better. (laughs) So those are the things that we kind of look at. We talked about this. So the average debt for your generation, $9,593. So honestly, we're killing it so far. (laughs) Well, compared to everyone else, you absolutely are. We obviously haven't had the time to like buy homes. To buy homes. Yeah. And do all that. But I'm just going to say so far, we're crushing it. Okay. So your percentage that you said was a little high on what amount of your income should go to debt. And that includes both kinds of debt? That includes all the, all the kinds. Any, even if you owe grandma money, that's debt. Okay. 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 Student loans, debt. Okay. Credit cards, all of it. Okay. Wait, give me the percentage. Okay. So when we go get a mortgage, our mortgage company looks at our debt to income ratio, right? Yes. So they're looking at um, 38, 36%. Uh, debt to income ratio. Some mortgage companies will loan you up to 42, 43% if you have that debt to income ratio. We'll still, but your interest rate's higher. But I like to see 35%, no more than 35% of your total income. debt. And then there, so that would mean 55%, right? Of my 50, income, 65%? 35. No, but the other side would be 65% of my income should not be going towards debt. Right. It should be your savings and your living expenses. This is not good news. Well, when I when you were buying a car, do you remember what percentage I told you your car shouldn't be anymore? You said anything higher than five was not good, but because I'm young, I might have it a little bit higher, I think. No, not your interest rate, your percentage. I gave you that sheet to fill out that told you how to figure I out. I filled it out, but I filled it out car- like a long time ago, like six months ago before Corona when I wanted to create my <laughs> car the first time. Okay. Well, so. But I can tell you that if, I think my, my debt is, my debt is less than that, I think. Less than 35. So I'd like to see it at 35. But it's hard when I start thinking about my student loans because that's like a different. I know people kind of think that they don't really put that in there because some people are in forbearance or whatnot, but you have to consider that as a debt. So those you, you considering that as a debt, you make your other decisions based on that. And a lot of that is why so many millennials have had failure to launch. Student loans. Yeah. Because that their student loan payment is such a huge percent of their income. They can't afford to move out. They can't afford to buy a home. They can't afford to leave their parents' house. That's why so many millennials still live with their parents or one of the reasons, I guess, Probably not yeah. the only reason, but it's one of the reasons that they're still there. Oh, for sure. I mean, and especially, I mean, wages don't go up as often as they need to. And there's not that many jobs like we talked about earlier. And yeah. I think having a big student loan payment is, is really in the way of everything because then when you're trying to pay everything you can on your student loans, then you end up a lot of times in other kinds of like credit card debt, still just trying to make it work because if your student loans are, you know, 40, 50% of your income, it's fresh out of college, you don't have any money. Well, so then you use your credit card and 40%. then- 40%. So the whole total, including your mortgage, should be no more than 35%. 35, got it. 35 because now your mortgage company will, give, will loan to you at up to 38 and some up to like 43. But I like to look at 35 to keep you on the safe side. 
because that means you're just managing your money better. And if it squeaks up a point or two, okay, you just yeah. get it back under control. Yeah. And these are goal numbers, you know? Yeah. So how do you know how they work? How do you know where you are? How do you know how it, what your debt to income ratio is? And that's an, that's an important number to know your debt to income ratio because mortgage companies look at that when you went to get your car, they probably kind of looked at that too. Maybe they, they, did. they probably didn't tell you though. They did tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an important number to know about yourself. Well, your debt to income ratio, I'm guessing would be your, well, your debt, all of your, your student loans, your credit cards, your car payment, if you have a mortgage, whatever other debts, et cetera. And then compared to your income before or after taxes? After. After taxes. I think the mortgage companies companies look at it, I think, before taxes. But I like to do it after taxes just to get you a little bit safer. Because your taxes don't count. (laughs) They're not your money. It's not your money, yeah. You don't get to keep it. So when you're looking at what's left to buy groceries. Yeah. Is that you make this much money as your job offer, but you actually don't make that much money. Yeah, because the government takes their chunk and all that good stuff. And you want to put some in your 401k. Right. So to figure out your debt to income ratio, you figure your income after taxes is how I like to look at it. Divide And you take your total debt payments every month. You divide that by your net income. So net is after taxes. And then you multiply that by 100 and that gives you your percentage. Okay, wait. I'm going to, while you do it, do you, tell me that again. I'm going to do mine. Okay, so you take your total monthly debt payments. So not your gonna, utilities, not your living, it's not your groceries, just your debt. So your car, your credit I'm doing cards. It with my, I'm doing it with my new car so I can see where I'm at now. You probably don't want to tell me when you're done. <laughs> wait, okay, I think that's all my debt. I really don't have that much debt. Well, what do you, right now. And it's just right your, now. your monthly payment. So your car okay, this payment. Is my monthly. So I your, have my, all my debt. I got your, it. Your car payment, your credit card payment, divide that. Student loans. And your student loan payment, divide that by what you make each month. Take home. Okay. And then multiply, multiply it by 100 or just move the decimal. You're going to freak out. What are you at? Do you want to share? Oh, good job, Noel. 36%. Good job. Crushed it. Yeah, so stay there. You know what I just heard, though? Like, in the back of my head was, like, you could probably squeeze in a couple extra percentages. Well, you there. You squeezed. You got 36. So that's good. So reverting back to last week's episode, are you putting at least 10% to your savings? I haven't gotten paid since last week's episode. (laughs) Okay, so next – so you need to move at least 10. This this Friday – you know what? This Friday, everyone who's listening can also do it. We're all going to put 10% of our check in our savings account. Yeah, and then Ready? post on our Facebook that you did it. You don't have to tell us yeah, what the number everybody was. everybody do it. You just have to go on our Facebook and say, I put 10% into my savings. You don't uh, have to I'll tell pop- me what your 10% was. Yeah, we'll do that. And then it'll be that we'll all save 10% of our income this week. We'll all be richer next week. Yeah. So when you are trying to pay off your debt, what, how do you do it? Okay, I actually know a method of paying off debt. I, this is not actually necessarily what I do, but I know uh, the snowball method. Yes. One of my coworkers talked about it, which is when you take, if you have like four credit cards or four different, one of them is a hospital bill, one of them, two of them are credit cards, whatever, 
you do the minimum payment on all of them except for the smallest one you like max out what you can possibly put on it every month and then as it pays off then it would pay your smallest loan off you're going to take all the money that you are putting into that smallest bill on top of your minimum payment for the next bill and then that'll pay that one off super fast and you do that until all your debts paid off so you focus more on paying them off one at a time probably the one with the worst interest rate first and then eventually just instead of doing it piece by piece on all of them which seems like it would be an easier way to do it so you're exactly right crushed it <laughs> crushed it so first you need to do your budget first so you can find the extra money because you said in there it, what in what you just said about taking the extra money and putting that towards yeah one of your as much as you can put you don't put yourself on a tight budget as much as you can if you if your minimum payment is fifty dollars but your interest rate's like crazy and that's the one you're paying off first then you if you have an extra hundred and fifty dollars you take it out you stop eating chick-fil-a and you put it all on top of that one bill and you knock it out right exactly create your budget figure out what your debt is and then come up with a plan. So find that extra money when you do your budget. Cause that's really what a budget's going to be great for because we can always find extra money when we put everything down on paper. Right. Then you see on paper exactly what your debt payments are, exactly what you still owe on that debt and that interest rate. And that helps you log it and plan that payoff on our website. I have put a link to it's called power pay. We'll link it on the Facebook also. Oh, okay. I can do that. We can link, we'll share the link from the website to the Facebook. And on our website though, I also put, I think it was Utah State University. Okay. Yes. Utah State University. I have, I wrote it down. They have um, a power pay resource. So, and and it figures out just exactly what you said, the snowball, but it's just called power pay. And you, oh, okay. and it's, you just do it online. You just create an account. I also linked the instructional video. It's a YouTube video that they have that shows you how it works before you create an account, just so you know exactly what to expect when you get in there. All and right. there's also a cute little commercial video that I linked just because I like cartoons. Um, but it tells you, so you put in exactly what you said. You put in your pay, your minimum payment each month. So even if you already overpay a debt, don't put that amount in. Put just the minimum payment you're required to pay this month, the balance due, and your interest rate. And you list all your debt in there, and it mm-hmm. shows you the best way to go. And But you can choose if you want to pay your smallest balance first or you want to pay your greatest interest rate first because sometimes, you know, it depends on our thought process. How do you see it? Are you like, I want to see gratification sooner. I don't care if I save an extra $300 in interest. I want to see that I make progress and get this debt paid off. Or if you're the person you want to save as much money as possible, you can just go with the higher interest rate. So well, and however I think it's also not about what you're thinking, but what you're, what you're doing it for. Because if your goal is to get it off paid as fast as possible, I would think going by dollar amount and knocking them out one at a time mm-hmm. would be like, if you're say, Oh, at the end of the year, I have to trade in my car. I need to get rid of some of this debt so I can have more money like very soon. I would think that way might be a little bit easier, but if you're worried, if you can take a little bit longer and you don't really, you're not in the same rush, I think you could do it by interest rate, right? Well, it's, and some people like to see that more instant gratification. They want to see Yeah, and you get, a, you get that little boost in your credit when you pay off a whole yeah. credit card. And it boosting your confidence because you did it. Yeah. And you feel great. That's how I feel every time I pay off my gap credit card. 
But the PowerPay website will also show you how many years it's going to take. So it's going to tell you how many years it's going to take if you don't do the PowerPay method. And then mm -hmm. how many years it will take if you do per okay. debt. So you'll see in there, it could take you 12 years. But if you use the PowerPay method, it's going to take three years. And it breaks it down into months, like th years and months, which I think is fantastic. And it shows you like pay this one. And then when th you hit this one's paid off, that money rolls to the next one, just like you said. So I think that's a really cool resource and it's free. Cool. It's Utah State University and the links are on our website. Is that it? I think that's, that's all we have this week. I don't know. I think. All right. I know. I think that's it. We got to do our little recap. What do we learn? What did we learn today? So I learned that your generation is doing really well on their debt load. So I'm very proud of you. I learned that my generation, we have the most debt. But, but we are still the coolest generation. I think we should be fine once we're old and gray. We'll probably still have mortgages, though, I would think. I think you've learned a lot, like you said, from watching your parents. Definitely. I hope with the millennials, I hope they don't end up where my generation is with their debt load. But I do also think social media plays a part or reality TV plays a part in the increased amount of debt, but student loans are not helping. I would say I'm not going to give social media the worst side of that. I'm going to say that student loans are probably more directly responsible. Yeah. And I, it is sad that home ownership for the millennial generation is not what it was for my generation at a younger age. No. So I think that's a struggle. And I um, would love them to see them have good debt like homes and less credit card debt. Now, if you feel that your debt, or even if you don't feel that your debt's out of control, but you want to make sure that you can increase your savings, paying down your debt's always a good idea. So try the power pay. I think that's if you came to me for financial yeah. counseling, basically that's, we're going to do a budget. We're going to find extra money and we're going to plug in those numbers and come up with a plan, pay down your debt and set yourself up for a really awesome house with a little bit of mortgage. I think I need to go have a beverage. You might need a nap. All right. Thank, thank you everyone. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook at Ask My Mom Pod. You can email any questions to askmymompod at gmail.com. And of course, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this. Thank you.